0: Welcome to CooperCast's Blonde on Blonde Part 2, The Nashville Scene. This is your host, Al's web confrere, John Sachs. In this episode, Al talks about how the sessions worked and how he wrote the songs from Dylan to the Nashville Cats. Were the studio guys, were they impressed that they were doing a Dylan album or was it just another album to them?
1: Just another album to them because they were the, the top players in Nashville. So they played with the top people in Nashville. They were extremely professional, but they were much more relaxed than New York players. And they were hired 24-7. I worked from 12 noon to 6 a.m. every day. Not even really sleep much. I shared a room with uh, Robbie Robertson. So we would, we would come back at six in the morning and laugh for at least a half hour before we slept. Just, you know, funny stuff that happened that day. And you would be on the piano and help Dylan work out the songs. This was before we started recording a few days. I just know what transpired in the hotel room. When it was just Bob and I working on the songs, I came up with the figure for, I want you. So, so that was there. And I, I taught that to them when they were learning the song, the guys had to learn the song. I would usually do that. I was the only one that knew the songs. The band would show up at 12 noon and they would leave Bob alone in the studio. And he would be working on a song that he wanted to record. And he would he would work a minimum of till three o'clock and sometimes till six o'clock. And then he'd call us in and play us the first song he wanted to work on. He was composing. Sometimes I would go in and play for him and also bring myself up to date on if there were any changes in the song musically. Well, this happens to everybody, but they don't have the luxury that Dylan had of 24 seven, but things change. And the words changed. Oh yeah, it's always been that way. I mean, everything that I've worked on with him, here here and there. Here and there, the, the words could change. Yeah, I would make a lead sheet up for the band. And then I would play it for them so they could make any notations to the lead sheet that I had made up for them. Bob is not there yet. Bob is ready to go, but he doesn't have to endure this. I talk about where figures go, certain figures. What's the verse? How long the verse is? How long the chorus is? Is there a bridge? And I left the ending open for Bob to decide how he wanted to end it. It's what you do when you record a song. It's a map, it's a diagram. And there are certain peculiarities that in doing these lead sheets that are accepted in you know studios all over the world. Like uh, at the end of a chorus, if the chorus repeats again, there's a, a way of doing that without writing it all out again. And so everybody that was there knew the shorthand, so wasn't a problem. Once everybody understood the lead sheet, then we would start playing sort of seriously. And when I felt that it was time to bring Bob in, I would bring Bob in. And then it would change because he might not like this or he might not like that, or he would want to hear this or he would want to hear that. And w- once he was comfortable, I think then we would actually start recording.
0: You jump right in and perform it with him singing.
1: Yeah, well, we, we have to learn it with him actually doing it. It didn't get taken until it was, till everybody knew what they were going to play and Bob had approved it. Each person could have the mix that they wanted. For instance, the bass player was playing directly into... The console it really didn't have an amp or anything like that that was being used. So the only way you he could hear himself was in the headphones. Because each song is different, so you need to hear a, a different mix uh, in the headphones. And each person prefers, you know, more of this, less of this. So it, it takes a while till uh, everyone is satiated. Then you then you add him and whatever instrument he's playing. Well, we had the headphones and we were just, and that's how we were gonna work. So it didn't really make sense to go in the booth until we were trying to pick a finished song. We very rarely got through an entire take before changes would be made as we were working. Every song was different. There was no, I gave you pretty much the constants, but every song was different. So. And what about Johnston? He didn't do much musically. Bob Johnston hadn't heard anything. I was the only one that had heard stuff and and maybe a little Robbie. Johnston was an overseer. He might stop a take early in the beginning
0: and say, this could be better. Let's Let's do another one. Were there some great songs that you remember from the sessions that didn't show up on the album? No. Did it sound to you in the studio and in the headphones kind of like it sounds on the record? Sounded exactly like it. I mean, it's just that there was
1: more emphasis on a particular song to who was playing the important part.
0: This has been CooperCast, Blonde on Blonde, Part 2, brought to you by Lyrics. Look for more episodes coming up and subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or just about any podcast distributor, and tell your friends.